What up? It's your boy, Mr. Mumbles, King's Court, East 905. We're in the building. So we're about to do our first interview for the day with the one and only Matt Ailes from, of course, Grind Time fame. He will be in here in a couple of minutes. Okay, so what we are going to do here is we are going to uh, play some music while I bring him onto the line here. All right, he's in, perfect. Okay. Well, make sure you unmute. Gotcha. All right. Perfect timing. All right. So we are live right now. All right. Okay. So um, this is the King's Court Network. And basically, you know, we battle rap, hip hop, urban entertainment, and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm actually very honored to get to interview you. This is easily my biggest interview yet um you can't really talk about battle rap and not get you not speak on you in this new era of battle rap and couple of little you know the system there i don't feel that you are a person a lot of people i bring on the show are people that i don't feel are getting their flowers that they deserve and the respect for what they've done for the, you know, the battle rap community and what we all appreciate. Um, I've, I've followed your career from before grind time. Like, like I remember, like I remember being on the internet and watching the whole WRCs and. Oh yeah. <laughs> the mics and all of you know all of that stuff there so for everybody who might not know because you even when you were even more active you did play a lot of behind the scenes stuff so people might not recognize or know who you are so i like to start by giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself to the people What's up, everybody? My name is Mad Ills, MC out of Orlando, Florida. I am a guerrilla Republican general and creator and founder of Grind Time Now, which is the pioneering league for the league battle format um, that came in 2008 and was put together in 2007. Um, you know, I moved on from there. I, I created what's called Lounge Battles, which is a platform that opens up um, competitive hip hop into uh, all facets of of the niche of the culture, like it's um, you know beat battles, performance battles, art battles, and things like that. It's not just battle rap. Uh, and then also, I'm a songwriter. I get paid to um, to ghostwrite for some people, and I you know do my own music on top of that. And I stay creating as much as possible. I'm also a member of um, National Touring Act Free Daps. Uh, we're in the uh, largest college touring circuit. Uh, we do freestyle shows and workshops at colleges. Uh, so that's pretty much 
pretty much the basics of what I'm always doing. I'm always getting into something creative. Okay, so we'll start, um, I guess, the pre-beginning. So how how did you get into um, battle rap and rap? Because I'm pretty sure that's, what, 20, 30, you know? <laughs> how did you really get into battle rap? Like, it was like... I was in school and it had to have been like 1996 maybe um, where I, I, I tried freestyling um, and spitting an actual like poem that I had written uh, at my school. And when it was my turn to jump in the cypher, some dude uh, across the way, like totally cut me off and just started battling me. And I was that was kind of my introduction to like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude just chopped my head for no reason. And um, I, I got mad, I got I got super angry and I came back the next day prepared for him, you know? Mm -hmm. And I came back in and I jumped in and started going at him. And then after that, it was pretty much a wrap. Like I picked up freestyle pretty easily, but I got, I got super into it. Any, anybody who's like, you know, you're in school and there's there's something that you take after whether like it, me, I was playing basketball every day. I, I could have swore I was going to be in the NBA and, and, and rapping, you know, like I learned how to play guitar at a, at a young age by ear. Um, my family's always had like an artistic musical bug in them. So I took to to rapping and it, it, it grew from there. And um, by the time I was a senior in high school. I was already gathering footage for Scribble Jam to be uh, invited into Scribble Jam. That was, you know, the battle that Eminem and all them went to and stuff like that in Cincinnati. And I started traveling to just different, different um, battle tournaments, freestyle off the top tournaments. And I joined the Marines right out of high school. But while I was back and forth, my wife that I was married with would drive me to all of these battles in Atlanta, Boston, Kentucky, anything pretty much you know, on the East Coast that had a tournament, I was there and I won a good amount of them and figured out I would, you know, I was pretty good and it, it just started growing and growing from there. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you, kid, who who introduced me we're to the you. culture of battle rap by taking my head off. And <laughs> yeah, I got my soul taken. <laughs> That's how I got introduced to it. <laughs> I wonder where he is right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so most famous for starting um, grind time there. Um, I think it was, I guess, you and Direct um, were the original thing before Lush came in. How what, right. how did you how did you um, link up with Direct and what was the inspiration for like grind time and everything like what made you want to do that? Yeah. So, I had started Lounge Battles comes before Grind Time. I started Lounge Battles in two thousand three. Okay. Um, by the time Direct came around, okay, around 2008. Um, so in 2017, I had already, you know, I had already been throwing lounge battles for what? I mean, not 17, 2007. When, when, 
Grant, when, when Direct came around in 2007, I think he was only 18 years old. I think he was just fresh into um, Full Sail College, which is uh, for uh, recording arts. Yeah. Uh, and he was taking a video production program. Um, you know, from 2000, you know, well, from 1996, when I started like really getting into it to the point, you know, at, in 2006, seven, in Orlando, I was known as the guy who threw the battles. I was the guy who threw all of the battle events. So people would always come to me and direct came to me and he said, Hey, um, you know, we got this show uh, on campus. We call it, um, it's called grind time, the grind time now something and, or no, it was called the something grind time. Yeah. Right. And so, um, he was like, uh, I, I want to try to do like a, a video magazine like Smack does. Yeah, I he was that. his inspiration was Smack. Like at that time, I really didn't like that kind of battle rap. <clears throat> I was doing the battles on stage over beats. Yeah. Direct was more into the street battling with the cats, you know, fight club stuff. But I was at that point, I was the um, the fight club champion for Orlando because the show actually did a tour. So that's kind of how he linked up with me. He was like, oh, let me go talk to the Fight Club champ. So I told him, I said, look, man, I don't want to do a video magazine. I want to do a league. We keep track of wins and losses. We could open up chapters in different cities. I kind of came at him that way because he wanted me to help him with getting people for like a DVD magazine. And, and, and at that time, I thought, I think DVDs are kind of like going to get played out. You know, like I, I think that the technology is going to move away from that. So I said, why don't we start like an online league and track wins and losses? And YouTube popped off in 2007, hardcore. So I was like, I was already putting videos up. I was already like touring. I was like, bro, let's do this. Let's put it on YouTube. This is the way to go. This is the way we need to do it. And, you know, he put, he had a, a lot of contacts from New York on the street battle, battle stuff. Um, and I had a lot of my contacts from Scribble Jam after that we just kept on growing and growing and then we decided like yeah we need some chapters so we opened up new york mm. and you know cali was was right there you know lush one came in the mix and then that's how the whole west coast got started yeah okay um do you guys um because i remember from the back end and stuff do you guys wish that you did um, open up the Canadian chapter of Grind Time? Because I remember there was discussion about that and things like so. That. There... The, the Canadian chapter was something that I was personally trying to do. Um, I was trying to do like a USA versus Canada at Niagara Falls. Okay. Yeah. We had like a Team USA that was going to be a team versus Team Canada. And um, then we had King of the Dot. See, King of the Dot, they started using, we started letting them use our Grind Time logos I remember as that. a watermark so that way they could get on World Star Hip Hop. Because mm -hmm. World Star, they were putting up all of our stuff for free. We didn't have to pay for it. They, the Q, the guy that owned it, um, you know, rest in peace, he was the one that was like, yo, we love this. So we were like, Yo, just let us use the World Star logo, man, and we'll we'll throw it all over these battles and send them to you because we do them all over the country. Yeah. He was like, cool. So we started doing that, and then you know, King of the Dot comes around, and 
this is what was supposed to happen. King of the Dot was supposed to be under Grind Time now. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a section you would go to the website where you could choose, you know, USA or Canada. And once you click the ca- Canadian button, you went to the King of the Dot website. That way they kept all of their numbers. But we use this one portal to go to, you know, connect to USA and Canada. And that's how we were going to really like bump the numbers up. Well, a guy, a guy by the, I think his name was Got Pang or there was a, there was a guy who was running the Grind Time Now site. He was a Canadian and he was Direct's boy. Like he was Direct's homie. Mm -hmm. So back then we weren't about no paperwork. We were, we were all MCs. We were on some like, all right, dog, you want to get on? Let's do it. You know, like (laughs) YouTube was still fairly new. It was still coming up. And then all of a sudden, you know, he hits us with some like, yeah, basically it's going to cost X amount of thousand dollars if you want to keep the name and blah, blah, blah. It's reg- the domain's registered under my name. And yeah. that, that really kind of like with that, with that and like King of the Dot, I don't know what happened because there was so much going on then. Like that was in the middle of us, like really taking off. Yeah. But I guess. You know, it just never manifested. It wasn't like it didn't it didn't get done the way that it was supposed to get done. The the guy who was designing the site kind of like fell out. And then that kind of that kind of took us offline for a minute. And we only were on we only uh, were on um, YouTube. We were still getting our numbers on YouTube, yeah. but our, our actual official site was down. And that kind of like that kind of gave us a little like we took a hit in in um in visits and traffic. Yeah, I remember the grind time site. Can I, because the thing about it is, I swear, what's it called? If I remember the thing, like, I remember how Bishop ended up working with King of the Dot was, I don't know if he told them or the rumor of he was going to be the general manager or whatever you call it of Grind Time North or Grind Time Canada and King of the Dot, like the rumor was that, I mean, King of the Dot didn't want the competition of the league. So they just said, "You, how about you come work with us and be full staff member, you know? Be full staff, be part of the staff and whatever. So I was always wondering how that went. Yeah, like, um, Organic just never want like he always wanted to have his own thing and that was cool. And we were bigger than King of the Dots. So there wasn't there wasn't any way that we were trying to go for anything else except for absorbing them. Mm-hmm. That was it. Because like there wasn't a million battle leagues around at the time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like King of the Dot came out after us and then and then Smack changed up his whole thing and came out with a URL. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. then, then it was like, okay, now we have, now we have some competition in New York. I got like a mosquito around here biting me. Now we got competition in New York and these Canadian dudes are, are pulling some stuff and like, we're just not really familiar up there. So like, let's, let's pull the brakes on that and let's start focusing on New York. And you'll notice like, you know, that's when we brought in poison pen and we made, you know, PH was, he was the, the guy that was running uh, things, um, you know, we had a Frankie, well, Frankie Waps and Jay's, Jay's Juice was the original um, New York guy. And then, you know, we brought eventually Pumpkinhead 
uh, or we, yeah, we brought in pH and then we brought in um, uh, poison pen. And so after that, it was a wrap. And then, you know, uh, URL started paying poison pen to do stuff for them. And they, you know, after a while, and then that's how we kind of lost our steam with grind time in New York. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, and then I know, like, at least from a fan's point of view, um, when Grind Time West kind of started falling up, you know, with the whole lush and absurd, then to absurd and everything that, that was kind of the real hit. A lot of, at least other fans, like, it got to the point where Grind Time West kind of was the represented, you know, like that kind of was like the epicenter of what we looked at as, you know, grind time. Cause it had disaster, thesaurus, ill Mac, yeah. all of the, <laughs> like all of the, the, the people that we knew that, you know, battle, you know, all the battles yeah. that we knew from scribble jam and thing and whatever, most of them were in the West. You know, in Florida, I knew like you, Johnny Storm, and like remember High Collide, High Collide, Collide and what's his yeah, name? What's the Orthodox phrases? Yeah, yeah, he was the one that's his battle worth lush was the start of Grind Time West, right? Right, right. It wasn't supposed to be, but he went out and said it. Like we didn't even we didn't even talk about it when he said that. I got pissed that day because he was first off lush. He, he his story is like on some I told them they gotta you know get down or or, or like be down or lay down some stupid mess like that yeah. like no that's not how it happened like direct was a teenager just he was a teenager mm-hmm. a highly influenced teenager and lush got into his ear and was like yo let me do the stuff over here and I was like man we got to talk about it you know we got to talk about we're not just letting anybody in without any kind of paperwork or anything. And then he said it at the end of his battle. And I was like, man, that's kind of whack. But like hella people were excited. We were going to do it anyway. And he he kind of took advantage knowing that we were going to open up a, a West Coast, you know, chapter. Yeah. And, and he was the one that did it himself. But like, honestly, there were people at that time in the West Coast that were actual like promoters that would have would have probably done a better job as far as business wise is concerned mm-hmm. but i mean lush ones um investors these are are like hella proud you know like it's different and like it's different when you're out west like people rep the west in general the whole entire side whereas over here you're not really catching too much like yo east coast (laughs) you hear someone talk about west coast every day you know what i mean so he kind of he kind of fell in at the right time though and and we were you know uh, it's crazy because like new york originated it california um made it creative as far as the hip hop goes, like you get a lot of creativity. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about this. Let me just deal with this. Okay. 
good. Sorry about that. Just got to fix something there. So you were saying like with the West Coast there? Are uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, like it was a lot more creative, and so a lot of people like liked watching that, and all of the all of the bigger guys at the time that were winning the tournaments and stuff. There was a whole wave of of West Coast MCs. Like I, it was my first scribble jam when Immaculate went for his first time and won it. You know, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like when Immaculate won. I think it was like two thousand swing of West Coast artists all winning it, and that was kind of a movement. You know. But like, yeah, man, like the West really is where it cracked off. And it's funny because even to this very day, when random people will see me that you you live out here, I'm like, yeah, I've always lived out here. It's just y'all seen us when we were in the West Coast and we were blown up or, or when we were in New York and Philly and stuff like that. Y'all didn't realize that I actually lived in Orlando. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, those were good times, bro. I've always wondered because I felt like I was very surprised because I knew that you were from Orlando, but the South has been one of those areas that has had the talent, but they don't really get the shine and the push that East, the West, and even some of the mid, you know, the Midwest get and stuff like that. Like, like when I when I interview some of my Detroit guys, I I ask them the same thing about the lack of shine based on the base of talent. Like, why do you think like like the Florida has been and still seems to be like a forgotten or left out area when it comes to the battle rap? Well, like it's a very transient state where you're not going to have artists in Florida build themselves up for 20 years and be a veteran out of Orlando or wherever. Like a lot of them come out here, they go to college and then they go off somewhere else in the United States. Mm. You know, Orlando has the largest uh, student body population in the entire United States literally there's new people moving in all the time plus we get all the retirees and stuff from new york so uh there aren't too too many people cemented in this in this area as there are with rich you know cultural history like new york you know or la like there are people that are in their movements that are embedded and 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 florida's just one of those states where like some people got it some people didn't like as a promoter because i was a promoter for a long time you know and touring routes in general touring routes are hard in florida because you have to go all the way down to miami and then come back up so a lot of times you're losing money on wasted days it's, it's not like you can hit certain shows every city is maybe three hours apart you know from from the top from the top of florida you know, to central Florida and Orlando is the biggest in Orlando. And then in the South, it's Miami. And they're all about three hours of a drive. So it's not like when you go down there, you're going to lose days because you have to do a day in Gainesville, a day in Orlando, a day in Miami. And then it takes a day to get back out of the state. 
So a lot of people, they would totally skip over going too far down or they would just go to Miami where they could get, you know, a good amount of money and maybe like choose one city on the way back out. And so the exposure from Orlando was a lot harder from central Florida, even from Miami. Miami's got its own culture down there, you know, like it's very like it's very San Francisco-ish where like San Francisco has its own culture and you could be a hip hop artist in San Fran and like, and be like the, like locksmith for a while, like locksmith was a legend before anybody knew who locksmith was over on the East coast. Locksmith was already a legend for mad years ago on the West coast. When, when the wake up shows were coming up, he was the dude that was like killing everything. And like, you really didn't see locksmith until years, years later over on the East coast, you know? So I just feel like it's one of these states where there's a couple of things working against us where we're not as solidified, but low key, this is the place where all the millionaires go to retire. And there's so many players in the game out here and pioneers that it's ridiculous. But like in places like New York, there is a market there's a actual literal market for you to have celebrities show up that are recognizable. You can do it in LA. You can do it in Detroit. You can do it in a lot of these places. Whereas like you're, you only got but a handful of actual central Florida artists that really were making noise around that time. And that you wouldn't be able to get them all in one room. So, um, so, with so grind time is like officially non-existent like now like you're not you're not holding any like grind time battled in florida or nothing under that name anymore right, right. i sold that in uh 2017 oh, okay yeah so as of right now grind time is a ghost ship it's owned by king of the dot but they can't get into the account so I sold Grind Time to um, Word of Play and um, Word of Play, Word, Word of yeah, Word of Play, yeah, Word of Word of some whatever that guy. Yeah, I I sold it to him in Fresco. I remember, I remember hearing about that, but I just I didn't really yeah. know. It's one of those rumors that you don't know if it's real or not, or you know, people are just yeah, you know, the like. Things. 2017 june 2017 i was like i was having mental health issues and i was going through it and like just like depression not not because of battle rap because of like personal life choices mm -hmm. and they came to me and was on some hey ills we just want to you know we're battle rappers you and out fresco i was cool with fresco i was super cool mm -hmm. with these guys they were like hey you know we got some money to offer you to take the channel off your hands at that time in uh in 2017 a lot of our videos were um becoming demonetized because everybody who had music play in the beginning in the front they had um they had di digital distribution deals that were you know copyright infringement flagging our channel for monetization <coughs> little do cats know that when direct left grind time he started a digital distribution company with another dude and gave everybody who had music on the grind time now channel digital distribution and started flagging the account so he could get paid on the back end 
So there were monetization issues with the whole entire account. So I turned it off. Okay. So it wasn't worth anything. It wasn't worth making any money off of. And then they offered to buy it. And this was after I had a project going with Lionsgate Films that fell through. And I had a VR project going on with the Mant Brothers, their Academy Award winners. We did a project. And that year, I think it was 2015, 2016, um, VR sales tanked. That was the year when they were supposed to come out with everything with the PS with the headset and then the sales did horrible. Yeah, yeah that totally, we could have been, I mean, we had the very first full virtual reality tournament filmed. Mm. Um, it, it was dope, but it got shelved because VR sales did horrible. So nobody was looking for any more VR content. It was just off the table. And Lionsgate Films, they wanted to do something and then, they got into production on it. They were following around um, one of the battle rappers. And then I don't know if interest was lost. Uh, like the battle rapper they were following, like didn't contact me anymore. And I, maybe that seemed a bit unprofessional. And, and Lionsgate was like, nah, we're not messing with it. Like these people don't have it together. So I was like, dang, this was my last ditch effort on like trying to get some like real bread for this and get it on a major network. Yeah. And these guys just stepped in and said, look, man, we see you struggling with this. We're going to offer you some bread. Let's take it off your hands. I was like, all right, if y'all can do that and send me a bill of sale, like then we, we're, we're talking because a lot of people do this. And they wow. sent the bread right away. They sent it right away. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like here, take it. You know what I mean? Take it. And if y'all are going to maintain it and like they said that they wanted to put it online. Um and kind of clean up the channel and have it as a place where people could historically go back and check the battles out. Yeah. Well, they started like deleting battle battle rappers they had beef with. And then I find out that either they sold it to King of the Dot or King of the Dot was the original buyer in the to begin with. Well. And I heard that they were trying to and give it to um to direct or something for him to run well too many people got yeah too many people were logging in to the youtube account and any of us out there who have gmail accounts and google accounts know yeah. that if you have different ip addresses logging in all of a sudden if from different countries google's gonna put that thing on lock yeah. so it locked the channel up and the mother, <coughs> I'm like, it's not my issue. Can you hear me? Because you, yeah, it's real, but I can hear you. Uh, I can hear you. Um, can you hear me? You can hear me? Hello? Okay, you, you can hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so basically, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. All right, perfect. So Google, basically, you. Sorry, I don't know what this happened. Okay. So, all good. All good. Okay. So, so down the channel, and then. So, the channel was locked. They were trying to get me to unlock it, and I said it wasn't really my problem, um, but I'll I'll go ahead and try to get it unlocked for you. Mm -hmm. Well, I tried to get it unlocked, and I was running into a wall where basically it was saying. You know, we recognize that you're the owner of the account. You'll be notified within 48 hours, you know, by security, you know, by email, blah, blah, blah. I never get the email. I look at my spam folder, everything. I, I try it three more times. 
and then uh, like organic starts getting like i think i sold it in 2017 i actually went to jail i got locked up i served uh like four of a six month sentence and as soon as i get out in 2018 i get out to organic like threatening that he's gonna get lawyers that he's gonna you know because i'm holding the account up or whatever and i'm just like bro you can get all the lawyers you want you're suing the wrong person number one I know I don't have anything on paper that says anything about King of the Dot. So y'all are talking to the wrong person. Like whatever shady ass business y'all did, we get with um with Fresco and Word Applied, it got that account locked, and it, it's it's locked. I can't do nothing. I already tried to do something. I'm not obligated to do anything else. Like y'all need to y'all got the paperwork on that. Y'all need to start ripping them, um, you know, videos and doing something else with it. Or like they haven't really done anything anything with it except for like maybe take stuff for highlights or that ruin your day stuff or you know what i mean like it's so i'm just like all right well this is what you guys wanted right like you had to pay me to get out of throwing battles so that's what what happened i got the check and then i i kept on pushing and for a minute i, I was like i was doing um was doing like social media marketing managing and stuff like that but then i was just like man I, my my passion is throwing these events so I pick lounge battles back up and that's something I know that has always been mine. So I don't ever have to worry about someone taking it again. And that's yeah. now I run everything under lounge battles. So basically right now, like your relationship with like those in the battle community is like non-existent, like it's not beef or whatever, but it's just non-existent. You just don't bother messing with any of the people that you, you know. Well, yeah. Like, the thing is, is it's funny because, like, I've always been this way where even in grind time, I mean, you could ask the people when we was in grind time, like, hello, my, my job is to the best things. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Your job okay. was to do what? So my job is to brand my company. My job is to brand my company the best way I can. So you wouldn't have me really communicating with any battle rappers outside of grind time. If they were a prospect, if they were possibly wanting to work with us, that is the only time i would even talk to them okay the same goes with lounge battles i'm good at finding talent that is not taken up can you hear me yeah can you hear me yeah i can hear you we might be going through a rough we might be going through a rough spot again okay yeah, but i can hear you so the same thing with lounge battles all right the same thing with lounge battles is like i don't need to communicate with all these big battle rappers they're like all those top guys they're already getting their checks they're doing what they're doing my job is to find new guys who have dope talent and brand the hell these guys up from scratch so i can give people a unique and different experience that hurts I see them, but I just, I don't, I was 
was always doing my own thing creatively. You know what I mean? It's just grind time was so massive. It was in every state. It was in every major city in the United States, Sydney, Australia, and Johannesburg, South Africa. So there was a lot of growth. It really does appear as if like, man, he like, I don't even go to the local battles here because it's like, yo, I don't want none of those guys. I don't want none of them. You know, like if those guys aren't blowing up via the, the, you know, whatever league that they're using, either the league is doing them a disservice or the artist themselves isn't going to be open or smart enough for marketing themselves. And, and that's like a conversation that I have to have with all of the new guys that I bring on is like, look, man, we can't be, we can't be dumb this time around. Like things are advancing at a rapid rate. Like when I try to put people on, it's, they get it. They know that they're loyal to the brand. They're going to stay with it and we're going to keep on pushing, you know, like all of the other avenues that we've pushed with the, um, the beat battles with the, the B-boy battles, the art battles, like all of that is great. You know what I mean? But like, this time I took an approach and said, like, I don't want battle rap being the main front. I want it to be, I want it to be like, um, I want you to come to an event and you're going to see three or four different tournaments all cracking off intermittently. You know, like we just opened up a grappling league. We're going to do grappling. We have UFC fighters. We like, my homie, who is a UFC coach, um, his name is Julian Williams. He owns the Excel Fusion Gym where we threw um, one of our events where the actual battle inside of a fighting cage. We have, uh, I mean, Jacare Souza came to the last event. Leota Machida came to the last event. Philip Rowe, who just fought on this UFC card, came to the last event. So, like, they're guys that are there. We have UFC signed guys that... And now that it's grappling, it's not, um, they're not, they're not punching or hitting, they're not striking. So it doesn't have to be a sanctioned match. Oh, so that's great for us. So now we're able to mix hip hop in with this grappling. So we're doing like, you know, BJJ tournaments, um, um, gi, no gi, um, wrestling. So now we're going to be able to have grappling tournaments and, beat battles mc battles and do it all under one card and i think that's going to be a better presentation to be able to turn something like this into a sport can i i have to see if one thing i do remember when growing time was coming up was good good or bad you always were on your pub and the public on your team you, you were always like the innovator of stuff like you were the one that you know, like I remember people used to make fun of the one that you, people used to make fun of you about was the hot the air balloon. Air balloon. <laughs> and they actually did it. They actually did it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, but I, that's one thing I do remember <laughs> from following. Like, you were always, you were always the one, like, willing to just throw something on the wall and see what's, you know, see what sticks and yeah. try new things. And that's the only way you'll break the glass ceiling. That's the only way. Like yeah, I swear you. I swear you talked about doing the battle like inside of a ring, like a long time ago. You yeah. suggested that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Our, our our virtual reality tournament took place inside of a boxing ring, and you were supposed to put on the VR headset 
and you can choose. You can either be in the middle as the referee, so you're looking at both the people battle. Mm-hmm. You can be in the front row, or you can choose to be um, in front of the merch table, so you could like look around at all the merch. And then like in each area, we had people placed as kind of like actors in the crowd that would like turn to you and be like, damn, did you just hear that? That was dope. You know what I'm saying? As the tournament, as the actual live unscripted tournament is going on, you'll have like scripted actors next to the where the VR headset is looking around. So if you look at them, they turn and, and you know, they start talking to you like that was, yo, I like a- anything that you can bring innovative a- and different why not you know what i mean like I, that's why i don't get all these battle leagues they're trying to all do the same exact thing and it's like nah man like i get it it's two people versus each other but change up the background make it look interesting you know like now now it's just it all looks like one stage and it doesn't matter where it's at but you know they could be in london they could be in new york and stuff like that but like where's where the you know what i mean where's the the you know, when we were doing it, we had the the Statue of Liberty in the background. When we went out, you know, um, in, in Oakland, we were in Mosswood Park. We were in like historical places. You know, that that's what I felt like helped really, really helped grow us because people were tuning in saying like, oh, man, this ain't the same stage. Like they're in my city, too. You know, so I felt like that was kind of like, you know, the pushing point of it. You just got to you got to. You got to keep it innovative, man. You got to keep the ideas. And so what they made fun of me for. And and this is the thing is like, I was in an interview with somebody on their YouTube channel. They they were like, it was at Scribble Jam. And they asked me about like, what do you think about that? And I said, yeah, maybe we'll have like hot air balloon battles or something. Like I want to battle in a plane. I want to battle wherever. And that stuck. And everybody like years and years and years made fun of me because they're like, ah, he he's believing that, you know, they want to do it in a hot air balloon. Like that's, that's corny. Then when they actually did it, that video by ruin your day got the most views out of any other videos at that time. And I was like, yeah, you're welcome guys. Like that corny ass joke was something that was actually fun to watch. It made it fun. And that was, that was the the goal of everything. <clears throat> that was long. That was a long winded answer. Then, um, good. So with lounge battles, um, Right now, it's are you wanting it to stay like local to the Orlando thing? Because I know I feel like one of the things of grinding time was like it almost got too big for any you know to control, and too many you know too many yeah. people wanted to be lead you know, and I don't know if there was enough pre-planning to the this blue right. Up. Yeah, yeah, it blew up overnight. Like yeah. it, it, it snuck up on us. And the thing was, like, direct was eighteen. I think I was like twenty three, twenty four ish. Like, it came and took us off our feet and sent us on the dopest ride ever. And it, we didn't have any kind of business sense at the time, and so things are a lot different now. You know, and and with with the way that it's blossomed, it's a lot different. You can't make it like grind time did um, unless you're like, you got major, major, you know, funding for it. You know what I'm saying? So like, but there, there are still innovative grassroots way to be able to grow. And I am trying to get uh, lounge battles back outside of Orlando. It's just this COVID thing hit 
and that really started slowing things down. So we took it online. We have our own like meat space um, via air meat um, where we're going to be throwing tournaments. So like that's something that you could watch. But that's that's all the online battles are going to be done to build up people from other places to fly them in. Like like UFC has their Apex Arena over in Las Vegas. It's the same thing where we'll do things online, but we have our main place in Orlando, Florida with a fighting ring with UFC fighters and that's where we'll bring them for any kind of like main event production. But yeah, I would absolutely love to throw it in whoever's watching, whoever watches, you know, like that was always a thing. Reach out. If you're if you're a promoter, if you know 10 guys, you, they you want to throw five battles, that's enough for an event. That's enough to get it started. And and the way it worked with grind time is the way that it'll work with lounge battles where it's like you will be the liaison for the talent in your area. It's just now you have to follow these guidelines that we have versus all we were doing before was getting with our homies saying, okay, you're a known battle rapper. You're our friend. You can throw stuff here. All right, you're the man. Let's, let's do this. Let's share footage. Like it was a lot more open and that's how it blew up because like it was more grassroots, but you can't be that way nowadays because everybody's wanting, everybody's wanting hardcore paperwork and like, Cats who ain't even battled are starting to ask for money, which is crazy. You know, like what everyone's entitled there, and they feel entitled to. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So we'll be off of battle rap. Um. But um, actually, uh, last thing on battle rap there. Um, do you do you follow battle rap still? Like, um, like, are you, like, are you watching any modern battle rap and? Um, I wa I went back and watched a little bit of stuff. I caught up on some like Pat Stay stuff when he went into URL and battled those guys. Like, I never even knew none of that. Like, that's how gone I was from everything. I went back and caught up on his stuff and that, um, a few man there's so many people out now and i can't like the younger newer guys no i don't know who any of them are you know what i mean like the new the new guy to me you know what i'm saying the new guy to me is is somebody like um what's it called the bar god what's his name danny myers danny myers <laughs> to me that's new you know yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's been battling a long time like don't get me wrong he's the older cat he's been battling a long time but like as far as leagues go and stuff like that, like he was just getting in the mix when I was just kind of getting out of it. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, none of the newer guys, I know there's like a really young guy battling is doing really well, like a 17, 18 year old, I think. Um, but that's, so, that's it. Um, who are, so that means this list is going to probably be a lot of older cats. I ask everybody on there, who is your top five? <laughs> um, <laughs> man, um, my top five would have to be battlers. I'd have to say um, Pat Stay was in there. He's got to be in there. Um, who's that guy? Um 
I was just watching them. Damn, this is a hard one. Uh, was bad. This guy, this Nersey twerk guy, he's pretty good. I like that guy. Nersey twerk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he's not my top five. He's just a newer guy that I I, I enjoy watching because I see him. Um, Hollow the Dawn is in there. Hollow the Dawn, Pat Stay. Um, I'm a I, I'm I'm a fan of Conceited. I was a fan of his since we first brought him in. Um, but I don't know like where where he's gone other than you know on TV. Um, yeah, yeah, and then. And it's none of the newer guys, you know, like uh that's pretty much it, man. I think I can't I can only get through four of them. <laughs> everybody so far almost almost everybody that I've inter um interviewed have have like Pat Stay on their list. Like at least like he's gotta be. Yeah. Like if you go back and study him and how like it's more than just the bars, it's mm -hmm the environment like he steps into the environment and controls it yeah he knows how to do that a lot of the, like smarter dudes know how to do that and that's always great you know like um hollow the dawn he knows how to do that yeah. you know like it, it, like and those guys have great flips they have really really great flips so on to something else so you are still because i actually was checking out your um spotify and i seen that you had released a few singles this year so you are still like actively making music and stuff. yeah i just don't i don't play the spotify game so that's probably why like you go on spotify and my streams are low it's because i was using Bandcamp since it first started yeah and I have all my contacts through there. So like whenever I drop something, I go through Bandcamp and I get all my buys through there. I yeah. like anytime I drop merch, I just send a message through there and they're already on there. They've been there for years. Yeah. When I send out free stuff, I do I do it through there. But like Spotify is definitely the way to go. And I'm cranking up to be able to do that. But now I'm doing like singer songwriter type stuff. It's not just hip hop. Okay. It's not, you know what I'm saying? So like there's a different lane for the way that you work that as well. So it's kind of like what's Matt is going to be viewed as on Spotify, like a political rapper or like a singer, like which. So which, you're actually, you're, you're actually singing. Yeah. Yeah. I got a bunch of stuff. Like I got some stuff that that's actually dropping uh, this month. It's called toxic love and it's, it's, it's singing. You're the, like the second um because i um like last month i i interviewed fredo fredo algebra yeah and he 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 was telling me he's on that like he's about to drop like a r&b album and stuff like that i found it like interesting because like like i feel like i've followed your career like so long and it's always been like so like Hip hop, freestyle, you know, <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It's be very like I said the same thing to him. It'll be very interesting to like hear you do some like romantic, you know, some. 
yeah what man. is your it's... what is your singer style like like what type of is it like just love song like what is it like um it yeah most of the stuff is like um love songs breakup songs type stuff you know like I went through a crazy, crazy toxic relationship. And it's just a, it's just like a story of growing. You know what I mean? Like there was a, a period of time where all I thought was battle rap, battle rap, battle rap. All I need to do is do battle rap and and expose the government. Like <laughs> I need to make all this political music. Like I just need to. And then you know, like I write about, you know, personal stuff and, and strifes in my life and um then I found the whole lane that, that started speaking to me through through that. And I started writing it and experimenting with it. And then people were like, okay, like, it's weird. I got a different following from the battle rap. Like, I have a following of people that are newer that only have seen my singing stuff. And they're like, what? You rap too? <laughs> I'm like, I'm known more as a rapper than anything. <laughs> what do you mean? And then they find out I battled and they look back and they're like, holy shit, you're the guy that did grind time? <laughs> you know, but... Yeah, man. Like it's it's like um yeah, like I would say like um on an Amy Winehouse meets like B-52s, some some of it's up tempo, some of it's like slower, you know, but it, it's it's mainly like relationship stuff. And and Gorilla Republic is that's your what label or remember I, I remember when you started pushing that, like is that like your label or was that no, Guerrilla Republic is uh, an organization with filled with political activists, community leaders. Um, they started in 2002 and Lounge Battle started in 03. I met up with them in like 2006, like touring and stuff. Um, Immortal Technique, the shirt that he wears, the, the signature, that's that's a Guerrilla Republic shirt. He was down with Guerrilla Republic back then. I, I did some... Uh, um, some touring uh, with some of his guys um, and did a lot of work with Guerrilla Republic. And that's, we would go to places and do like coat drives. Like we in New York at the Bronx Museum, we did a coat drive and we filled it up. We filled up the Bronx Museum up to the, to the ceiling with coats for the homeless. And Immortal Techniers were there. You know, like, it's it's they're mainly social activists and political activists that help out each other but hip-hop is the voice is the voice uh, of freedom as you know like that's the boat that's what they decide uh, they're okay and um there's a uh, guerrilla republic chapters everywhere oh okay so and, it was like when i was going time I was going to Guerrilla Republic for most of my advice. Okay. And you were saying about your the freestyle touring with Free Dap. And I remember that like um could I remember even in Ryan Time like that was like with Air Jordan and Isaac Knox and stuff like wasn't that like at Disney or whatever you guys were doing that stuff at first? So that so that's yeah. still going on. Or? So free daps, and this is another thing that we can clear up because I, I seen a lot of the King of the Dot dudes kind of like making fun of me, saying like, 
oh, you work a minimum wage at, at Disney now. Like, no, we were paid as independent street performers, mm -hmm. which is way more money than, you know, someone working like it's way different. Yeah. So what it is, is Jordan and Isaac and a, a few of their their inner circle of friends they were actually a mixture of MCs and comedians, improv comedians. And they would put together these workshops and these skits five minutes at a time and work them all together until they turned out to be hour long shows that you could, you could change these little games that they play. Well, they put together a package. They pitched it to Disney because Disney was always looking for street performers and we auditioned to, to do it. And Disney picked us up and they signed, you know, Jordan and Isaac, their original members. There's like, there's 13 members. Okay. There's five ones that are the core members. I'm outside of that five. Okay. So once, once they got that gig, they got Universal Studios to do the same thing over there. Then they were getting like Boys and Girls Clubs of America. They were getting magic games, um, wedding all kind of they know how to do their thing their corporate business you know they were getting really good looks then they were able to get on this showcase um where you basically try out in front of all of the college recruiters for like events coordinators and stuff like like activity coordinators from yeah. different they, they all fly into this one place and they spend a day or two watching these people perform then when they're done, they go over to their booth and they can book them right on the spot. People end up booking entire years out of out of one performance. So yeah, yeah. Freedom. I had a friend that used to to do whether a booking person for a college up here and stuff, and he used to have to go down to those type of meetings. Yeah. So um, Free Daps ends up getting booked and um, going all over the place, and then all of a sudden, like we're making some noise. Mm -hmm. Well. January 2020, Free Daps was named the best uh, college live act for uh, I man, I forgot what it's called. It, it's the it's one of the larger ones. It's the second largest um, agency in in, in college uh, touring, but we're named the number one best performing act. So now, you know, Free Daps is open for pretty much anything, but they're doing a digital. They're doing digital bookings right now until we can go physical again. Yeah. And then we'll be back out, you know, flying and doing shows in different colleges and stuff. Okay, that's I think and I, when I first heard the name I threw it, like I remember it as like just the rap group that, you know, right. Aaron, Isaac and stuff like that. Yeah, they were just like a it was like a Christian rap group. Yeah. And and yeah, and then like they the members of that rap group, they're, they were all members of the actual freestyle group at one point. Only a couple of them don't do it anymore. But like, bro, they, they were able to give jobs to all of their rap friends around them. Like, and it was good pay. I, I like it. Cause I, the thing I've always, I, I remember when they even for, like, cause Air Jordan came out first, like in the battle rap and then I, and I was always, I was always big fans of them. Like even till now, like people will post and be like, like I swear it was like two weeks ago there was a post, who's the best Christian battler? 
and everybody, you know, everybody, you know, A Ward and Thing and Thing. I'm like, you guys don't even remember the original, like, book, like before it was cool. Like Isaac Knox is a beast. <laughs> like, 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 I still keep because he still kind of does it. Like, like I still remember like Air Jordan. Like he was incredible to me on it. Like just his like and stuff. Like I was like I was almost annoyed. Like when I stopped seeing him. Like I would. I wanted to like I wanted to like harass him online. Like, 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 I still harass him. I still tell him like, bro, you need a battle. What the hell is wrong with you? Like, honestly, like, bro, he's a TikTok celebrity now. Oh, okay, yeah, he's he's a TikTok celebrity. Him, him, and him and Isaac are TikTok celebrities. Like, we're we're in a plane. Heading back from one of the free dap shows, and some dude taps him on uh, Isaac on the shoulder. He's like, "Hey, you're that guy from TikTok, aren't you?" Because he does a specific type of rap on his channel. Yeah, he's like, you're "The guy that does this," and he's like, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> it's like, "Yo, what the hell?" Like, these guys are TikTok famous. That's good. That's it's good that you know, like, they're able to use it in the. To, I like seeing people who have their passion. And are able to use it to make their money because there's so many of us who all love hip hop and all things like that weren't able to turn it into an actual job and you know so that's so um musically what do you so you said you have the arm like the singing thing coming out yeah it's called it's called um purple hearts you know what i'm saying so it's a it's a mixture of songs that are on some like relationship type stuff but um i also have a mixtape called mad ills versus the underground um i i dropped it but like um i'm probably gonna do a part two of volume two where i put all my verses out in advance mm -hmm. and for mcs and challenge them if you think you could write a better verse than me then you pay to get on the actual you know the mixtape project so you don't battle me but you just try to spit a hotter verse than me so like i'll put out 10 tracks and you can hear all my verses in advance and if you think that you got a hotter verse you could be like ills put me on number five you know here's the entry fee mm -hmm. let's get on it the, the first project i did is already out and it's pretty dope man it's pretty dope so i think i'll because i don't really like doing um features for personal records oh, so i kind of keep them all for like the mixtape projects you know but as far as an actual rap project um i kind of i kind of set my focus away from albums full albums okay and we're just releasing singles now that's all we're doing is releasing singles so um there really isn't Purple Hearts is still going to be a string of singles belonging to one project, but it's not going to be released as like a full album in one drop. It's just going to be released as like, you know, one song will be constantly dropping in that category. So that's pretty much, I mean, with technology, people don't really listen to projects the whole way through anymore. They're, they're more streaming, you know, in playlists and stuff like that. So it, there's kind of been like a readjustment for that. And the time that I really want to come back out is, it's just not right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm having fun doing the singing stuff. I'm having fun, like creating different things, you know, so that's, it's there, you know, the songs, 
my projects i got enough for the next year to put out i know that so, so when was the last time that you have done a battle mm -hmm. Jeez, <laughs> Pro probably when i battled um who was the last guy that i battled um uh, magnificence five years ago last time i battled was five years ago um okay so so yeah those are all the questions that i did have there the murder um, mook is whack huh you <laughs> murder mook <laughs> Enough, yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly like literally his last one versus tay rock was the, like literally since young hot that is the first time that i've i've liked the uh move battle like all he just like, knows how to win huh he just knows how to win yes like i'm not gonna fault him for that i personally don't like the guy but like he knows how to win and he's good for that. You know what I'm saying? You still gotta this I still respect him, but like in I'll trash him. I don't like him. <laughs> I can't argue with that. So um anything else that you uh wanna push out to the people? Do you have like merchandise or non Yeah, I do I do push merchandise, um, and that's I push limited limited print merchandise through my instagram it pops up every now and then um it does sell out when i drop it because we do like 100 shirt runs and then we're done so like it's it is through gorilla republic so all i would say is i mean like a lot of people are jumping off of instagram but that's still kind of a place where you can you can contact me you can still talk to me directly is just through my instagram so anything that i do it'll be it'll be announced through there you know what i'm saying if you really want to keep up with me on the personal side um that's the easiest way to get in touch with me is just and that's at matt ills or yeah matt ills m-a-d-d-i-l-l-z all right so all right so yeah that's it i do, I'll, I'll be honest i do appreciate that you coming up it's i'm not even gonna pretend like it's an honor for this interview like uh as i said i'm I've been following you for about 15 years now, you know, through the battle, through the thing, you know, so um, I've, I've always, I've always had mad respect for you. And I like, like I was on the, you know, the rap music.com and the thing. And I, I've, I've, I've never really, I've never really liked how the battle rap community kind of dealt with you and whatever and i felt like you were made the scapegoat and the bad guy for everything that happened <laughs> yeah. yeah like i i still remember being on a post and i'm like everyone's saying that matt ills doesn't you know that directing thing we're doing all the work i'm like how is he getting all the like all the blame for everything that happened wrong the only yeah. like the only way he could be getting all the blame is if he did all the work. So you, you know, <laughs> yeah. Or whoever else did work has to take some of the blame as well. Like I didn't like yeah. how, and I felt like I felt it was because you were not really 
online and you you know you didn't really have the fan base in the in the message boards and stuff because you didn't really chat unless you had something to promote you were right. online every day yeah people didn't know you so you were easily the the one to not like and yeah man so, you know I'm it's very i'm very glad to get this chance to thank you man. talk to you there um let me know like I will be doing some listening sessions with your stuff. Let me know when the R, you know, the the R and B album drops. I'd love to have a listen to that there. You yeah. know, like the different artistic expressions from people and trying new things. So um, you know, just yeah, I'll keep you in touch. Interview, send it to your people there, and I do appreciate it there. Yeah, man. Thank you, bro. Like, uh, especially, you know, like, bro, we're all human beings, man. You know what I mean? And like, even from back in the day, 15 years, like, that's, you know, that does a lot. That does a lot for me personally, you know, like, I'm a creative. I just keep, I keep in my shell and I keep pushing. And then, you know, every now and then I really get to sit down and talk to somebody that has been there through the journey. And they when they start rattling off, memories that occurred like years and years ago i'm just like damn like you were there too you were there like you you took that ride <laughs> with me it, yeah. yeah like you, you took that ride too so like i appreciate you for sticking around so long you know what i mean this is what culture is this is this is how you build so i really appreciate you taking the time to actually listen and not be somebody who easily passed judgment and was like all right we're gonna write mad ills off <laughs> I I couldn't do that because I like I feel for what you did was such a big part of my life, my growth, like like battle rap has been so like I'm doing this blog, even though I do talk about other stuff, the foundation of me doing the blogs and the podcast and everything was battle rap. You know, just my love for the, you know, love for the sport and as I said, like if anybody who was here has to know your position in the start of it, like who knows where we would have been if where would Battle Rap be if you didn't start it? Right. Yeah. You know, you are all you wouldn't have came back. Right. It, like, because I remember when the DVD started messing up and Smack was like can't make money off of it you know i'm gonna step out and try something new he right would not have came back if he didn't see like you king of the dot don't flop there already doing it and stuff so you know everyone yeah. has to know their origin so i have nothing but respect for you on that thank you sir i appreciate you brother i appreciate you <laughs> all right so thank you very much in there and i'll send you the link in whatever and and i'll definitely have your link information in the description there for people to yeah, check man. out there all right all right take care have a good night all right thank you very much blessings Peace. all right thank you very much y'all everyone checking this video please subscribe to the channel like the video share the video to your peoples today today february 15th it is my birthday and this is the official launch of the King's Court Network. So I do appreciate every, every bit of support. The night is not done yet.
in about 40 minutes, I will be back live and I'm going to be doing another interview that I am very proud of having as it is with one of my personal favorite battle rappers of all time. I will be back here with Sharon and we will be discussing everything, the possible retirement, his title matches, you know, the past, the present and the future. So please come back, let me know. Kings Court Network, we are here on YouTube. We are also live on Twitch at That Kings with Mr. Mumbles. Nothing but love, peace. We'll be back.